Hello and welcome back to Off The Crossbar with myself Regan and as ever Brad is with me. Wow, what an opening weekend it was. Yeah, what a weekend of football the opening day I can say well and truly delivered. At least for the yeah, majority I mean, of it. Definitely so. Um, every game in the Premier League this weekend had goals in and none of the games really disappointed did they? Speak, speak for your own games. <laughs> when you say that just oh, I'll venge my anger later yes um, but there is only one place that we can start this weekend of course that is coming from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as Tottenham Hotspur played Manchester City and the big news before this game as expected was Harry Kane was not part of the Tottenham squad at all as he had only returned to training on Friday uh, after quarantining at the Tottenham Hotspur Lodge for the past week or so so he wasn't involved in this squad but Spurs managed to do alright without him yeah, seems too bad who needs Harry Kane who needs him well maybe Bad City need him yeah um, Pep Guardiola in this game just what was he thinking it's not I think it's a case of what he was thinking it's for what was squad thinking other than pass the ball side to side? Um, I'm going to say not a lot other than pass the ball side to side. Can't be flashbacks to Ashley Westwood in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Just side to side uh, passing, not really going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, that whole final third for Man City was just oh, it was a crime to watch how, how bad it was I don't know if it was that bad considering something that we also saw this weekend that was that bad <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't that but the question that is obviously going around is one that's quite important and I think surely now will be more prominent and it's I've had City a little bit too predictable um, yes yes they are <laughs> yes <laughs> Like, it's not a question um, that should be asked about a team that was the most expensively assembled team in Premier League history at the weekend. Yeah, which was just absolutely ridiculous. 500 million plus in the starting lineup and 300 million on the bench. And they couldn't beat Tottenham. Jesus wept. I mean, I think what mainly annoyed me with Pep's lineup was the forward three that he had. He had three wingers on the pitch. In Ferran Torres, Riyad Mahrez, and Raheem Sterling. Now, don't get me wrong; they'll all pop in with a goal or two throughout the season. Maybe get about ten to fifteen across the season, but they're not going to be your proven goal scorer of getting twenty plus in a Premier League season. And it's desperately needed by City after watching yesterday's performance, because the the final third for Man City, from my point of view, anyway, was. They got the ball into that final third and then they didn't know what to do with it because them three players just weren't ever in the box or only one of them was in the box and it was easy for Hugo Lloris and the Spurs defence to deal with. The only one who really actually sort of got behind and created anything was actually the one who wasn't playing as a winger. Yeah, which is crazy to suggest. Those the three wiggers they create nothing and prove that neither one of them, none of them really are stars. Yeah, and there's no wonder there's been talk of um, them really wanting to buy Harry Kane this uh, window because 
If I'm Tottenham, I'm not taking Raheem Sterling after that one. Well, no. I mean, he might have had a great Euros for England, but he seems to be carrying on his bad uh, league form towards the end of the season into the start of the season for Pep Guardiola's side. If we're sticking Mm. with Euros points, there was actually a bit of a similarity watching Bad City to how Spain were when they were not playing to Morata. Yeah, I 100% agree. They just don't offer anything going forward in their final third and it's a it's very lacklustre as to how they do because whilst Spain did it in the Euros and City did it yesterday dominating possession unless you're creating them chances it means bugger all when you've got say 60 to 70 odd percent possession exactly because it's literally just pass outside and then eventually you'll get it out wider and he'll and a winger will cross it in but it's strange the goalkeeper's hands because no one is there attacking him. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Benjamin Mendy. Y- yeah. J- just what is that guy? Well, Gary Devil said he best in it. He can't defend. He can't defend. Mm. In his wicked organ voice. 50 million on a left back that has played his 50th game, Premier League game, that is yesterday. And he can't defend. It's it speaks volumes as to why he hasn't been Pep's first choice left back. Not just because of injury, but he's absolutely useless. Yeah. Sometimes it really is just the fullback's job to defend. Yeah. Like it's good that they can attack and all that, but they're defenders at the end of the day. So they yeah. got to at least Do have you... that part down. <laughs> yeah. Do your primary job first, rather than worrying about anything else on the pitch and Mendy just didn't do that I mean if you look on the opposite side Ishao Cancelo yeah he was bombing up that right hand side throughout the whole of the game and he's probably one of City's most attacking players throughout that 90 minutes but when needed to he was back defending dealing with the likes of uh, Steven Bergwijn and Deli Alli coming forward yeah pretty much it just maybe the problem actually with Man City was a fitness issue well I think a lot of them have obviously been at international tournaments some of them have even come back like a week ago yeah not had much of a pre-season really in that aspect so it's going to take a while to get them the full strength it pretty much like how it was last season yeah slow start for them but they should be there in about in the title fight come the end of the season but before we talk about Spurs' goal, one player has to get a special mention, and that is Spurs fullback Jaffet Tanganga. Yeah, this man didn't just have Raheem Sterling and Jack Grealish in his pockets. The man put them in a cage, took the key, swallowed it, and then just went about and did his thing. Yeah, I saw a funny joke uh, online after the game. He's saying uh, in his back pockets he's got a hundred million pound and an extra sterling as well. <laughs> that is top class because for someone so young who was brought in through Jose Mourinho and became a regular under Mourinho he really uh, staked his claim yesterday as uh, one of Spurs' key players for this season going forward if he can defend like that against Man City's front line he should be uh, well instead against the lower sides and then it, it's just against the other big six clubs that 
we'll see obviously the main test for Tanganga this uh, season. This is Jose doesn't know a young pie, good young pie when he sees her. Right, on to the Spurs goal now. It came 10 minutes into the second half from some great attacking play, ball over the top from, I believe it was Steven Bergwijn. That yeah. found uh, Hyung Min Son for the was. goal. Like, Son will get the um, prize, but I feel like Steven Bergwijn and Lucas Moura deserve their own prize as well. Yeah. I mean, that whole front three for Spurs were much better than Man City's front three. Yeah, they just offered more. Even mm. though they did have a lot more space to do stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you got two really attacking fullbacks who, at occasion, well, one of them doesn't know how to defend and the other is always having to come back from being so far forward. So that Spurs three was always going to have more... Uh, space to attack into um, great finish from Sun though City's defending very questionable slightly I know Nathan Ake is the one that's going to take the brunt of it but could Ruben Diaz be blocking that yes he could be doing a lot better in that position I mean he's had his hands behind his back so he's not going to get any claims against penalties for him but then I think his whole body positioning it was just really wrong he seemed to be like going towards his left to try and dive into the way to block it rather than just moving fully across to the left and then blocking with his full body and then he's left his legs wide open and the ball slid underneath which takes Edison completely out of the game yeah I would yeah I'd agree Um, substitution wise though for Pep as well very questionable I mean he brings on Gabriel Jesus at the 70th minute for Raheem Sterling and instead of moving Ferran Torres then out wide to his natural position and put in Gabriel Jesus uh, as the number nine or uh, number ten striker, he just keeps them in that position for the next ten minutes until he brings on uh, Kevin De Bruyne, which just makes no sense. Why would you have your actual striker out wide and your guy that can provide the assists through the middle? Yeah, that was a baffling one. Gabriel Jesus is the only number nine on the pitch and he's not the one in the middle trying to attack the ball to score mm. just very baffling from Pep um, obviously it's not the end of the world for both teams uh, for Man City two weeks left of the window can they get that striker they desperately need or if they don't are they going to be struggling for them goals can they even afford it that's the question <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Of course they fucking can. Yes, yes, they can. Well, yes. Uh, But it's going to be very interesting final two weeks of this window to see can they get that striker they need, a.k.a. Harry Kane. Right. Got to say, though, before we move on to the next set of games, perfect start for Nuno and how they set up was really good throughout this game. Yeah, but if it was the perfect message for him to send to Tottenham fans, this is what I'm implementing, back me. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. I don't think in he got a few books you'll be saying wrong. part two. Well, yeah, I don't think he got much wrong in that game. No, like, even his substitutions, I think, were very good. He has a history good. of getting Pep's number. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Tottenham Hotspur recently at this stadium have got their number. I don't think they've lost a game. Yeah, it just doesn't hold the acoustics in the Tottenham Stadium. Mm. <laughs> Prize of his head. Yes. <laughs> But uh, we'll just get there then. To the Bruno and Pogba show we go. Oh, 
what a show it was as well at Old Trafford. God, I hate to say it, but Manchester United were actually amazing <laughs> to watch. I genuinely think that might be one of our best performances I've seen in a long time. I mean, yes, we beat Southampton 9-0 last season, but that's because Southampton were poor. This was a class performance from Manchester United. Yeah, you just absolutely terrorised Leeds. Split yeah. them open and did your thing in. Just, oh. If we could have a season of Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes doing that, it could be a joy to watch this season. Because them two were just putting on a masterclass. We didn't do like a player of the season predictions. Because I feel like it's one we missed out on. Fernandes mm. probably would have been one of the ones at the forefront. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he just he proved it. I mean, I think since his debut back in February of last year, only Harry Kane has been involved in more goals, uh, whether that's scoring or assisting, than Bruno Fernandes, which is incredible for someone who's been at our club for 18 months. And getting his first hat-trick inside a full Old Trafford as well. Yeah, I think it's just something about the atmosphere of Old Trafford as well. Yeah, and the fact that they presented Rafa Varane. Yeah, what did they want pretty that was going yeah, I don't. It seemed obvious in the end. Why are they waiting so long? Oh, they're waiting for sad, that genius. <laughs> yeah, get the, get seventy two thousand fans absolutely rolled up before a big game with their rivals. Perfect uh, work from Manchester United. Yeah, and in terms of Leeds, they just yeah, don't care it was last year in a way. Mm. Just a little bit too too open. It's just easy for them to get, go through and do the thing. Yeah, so and they were missing. They were missing Calvin Phillips. Yeah, a hundred percent. You could see that his presence just wasn't there. I mean, he he didn't come on at all during the game. Brought on Tyler Roberts, Helder Costa, and Junior Firpo. But the presence of Calvin Phillips really was needed. Absolutely. Uh, that was the big talking point was Pogba, Fernandez, but Paul Pogba. Four assists. Four assists. Just that's more than he got last season. I know. <laughs> Just weird, but you know, he should be doing that. He's a hundred million pound player. Shut up, Graham Soonis. <laughs> Literally, oh, I saw that. I was like, oh, well, that's not surprising. <laughs> of course Honestly, he said because I, I, I didn't I wasn't watching the pre-game I was like I saw it go like people saying that on the internet I was like no no you, you lot are just trolling because Graham Sooners wouldn't have said that oh no I he then, said it <laughs> I find the video and like he actually said that I'm like just, just give the man a bit of fucking praise for no, no, you realise we are now firmly at the point in which Paul Pogba could come up with a solution for climate change and end world hunger and create world peace and Graham Sooners would still say that he needs to justify his transfer fee. It's it's baffling how one man can have that much hate for a player. He just, he'd, he'd be there saying, like, "Yeah, well, it's all well and good, but you should be focusing on. You shouldn't really be focusing on that. You should be focusing on the, the game." <laughs> good Graham Sooners impression. I have to sure. I don't think that was my best, but. <laughs> yeah, it's decent, but um. Sometimes the Graham Sooners just drifts slowly to Alan Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was slightly getting 
Um, but yeah, Man United's midfield just absolutely dominated the game. Fernandez, Pogba, even McTominay and Fred looked really good uh, throughout that game. Fred scored. <laughs> That's enough to just say like how poorly to her. Yeah. Fred scored. Uh, yeah. Sancho came on for the last 15 minutes no, of the game. Did it. Yeah, I mean... Already Didn't even need to sign him on the looks of it. <laughs> already 5-1 when he came on, so... It was just... Give him the last couple of minutes to give him a run out. But yeah. It's got a lot to get ahead of Dan James, man. <laughs> very promising side. Uh, probably going to solve our side going forth. And yeah. We've still got key players to come back. Obviously, Edison Cavani's still to come back. He's back in the country now. But I think he's allowed to start training from tomorrow after he's quarantined. Think, the players. Even he's got a job to start after Greg Greenwood did. Yeah, Greenwood was phenomenal that game. Yeah, and this could be the, the proper breakout year for him. Yeah, um, then obviously we've got Rashford to come back as well. Varane to actually come into the team. Like it's a good year for United, possibly, and let's hope this continues. Obviously, it won't be a five-one result every week of the season, but if we put in performances like that and we win games, then you can't complain. Yeah, well, you deserve to back yourselves to go for twenty-one. And also, a lot of United fans saw the three or four legends back in their usual seats at Old Trafford. And if you're a Man United fan, you know the four I'm exactly talking about. Can I predict the four? Is it Bobby Charlton? No, 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 no. It's no. nothing to do with former players. It is the four Sieg fans that sit oh, no, uh, just, just to the side of the dugout. And every year, whenever the so Alex Ferguson was in charge he would always pan to the fans and you'd see them in the exact same spots every year and you knew the title was done and dusted that year and they were back at Old Trafford you tell me they've not been turning up since I genuinely don't well, I think they've obviously been to games Plastics. but they haven't been <laughs> they haven't uh, been pinpointed out where everyone's literally everywhere you looked on uh, online so, they've like, been down at the Etihad <laughs> there was a good picture of them this weekend and everyone was like oh shit you're in trouble now these lot are back in their seats just love the bathrooms uh, come back to town or something <laughs> <laughs> it really is when you see them up there um, but yeah absolutely class performance from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sorry. and yeah it's going to be a good year going forth right Friday night Oh, we're going straight for that one. <laughs> yes, we'll come back to Saturday's games in a second. Friday night. Arsenal. New season. Same old Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Same old Arsenal. I mean, they were without Alexandra Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang due to illness, he says in inverted commas. Like, did he matter? It no. did it really bad. They were still going to be the same, even if they were there. I think. Yeah, they just were. Jeez, I think my prediction of Mikel Arteta being sacked by Christmas is now looking strong after that game. It looked, it's slightly stronger than that game, but we're still incredibly early. <laughs> I mean, do not we panic, are, but... Arsenal fans. Who knows what could happen? 
Jesus Christ, they need a miracle after that performance. I mean, I heard Paul Merson say on Soccer Saturday, their only good performance were the young lads, aka Smith Rowe and Saka, and obviously Kieran Tierney played well as well, but you expect that from them three, everyone else. He said, I don't even think Brentford would take them, and I was like... I'd feel sorry for Smith Rowe, but he had his chance. <laughs> Yeah, he's tough yeah. to get out of that sinking ship. <laughs> mm. but, um, I choke, he's amazing. Jesus Christ, that was awful from Arsenal. They were so all over the place defensively. Just physically outmatched from the mm. very first minute. So easy yeah. for Brentford to just go for it. Remember that one moment, it's a when we were just surrounded by three of them. Yeah, and both centre backs, so else, and then he just walks through. And Pablo Mari just for some reason sticks his hand up. Like, <laughs> what are you doing that for? He's saying, Michael Arteta, can you sub me up for? Because I've been <laughs> absolutely right, done yeah, it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave this club ASAP. It's just an absolute Jesus. shambles. The first goal was so good, and the second one was straight out of the Tony Pulis book of tactics. Yeah, and I've got to give credit uh, to Jamie Carragher on commentary for what he said on that Arsenal defence and he summed it up perfectly by saying um, how do you sum up this defence it's just Arsenal weak which you're not going to do an accent for that (laughs) no I'm not going to do a Scouse accent I'll leave you to do the accents no no my voice doesn't go that squeaky (laughs) but yeah it was shambolic for that second goal yeah, from Arsenal. Just crazy how easy it just bounced over their heads and then easily found Norgard. Yeah. I mean, there was a bit of. Uh, well, they just don't carry it. He was having the time of his life <laughs> this one. Oh. It's definitely so, especially at full time uh, when he got down pitch side as well. <laughs> Going into the Brentford fans and celebrating. Like, did, did you not see the bit when he quoted Ty as well? No. After the after the the um, the overlap fan debate. Yeah. Oh, honestly, that just part one, just watch it, <laughs> just for the tides reaction itself. My God, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I have. I seen didn't think I'd see in twenty twenty one. Ty tried to outdo Roy Keane. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like surely he knows he's not going to win. <laughs> yeah. Um. Brentford, though, absolute give them credit. They stuck to their game plan throughout the championship season and it worked perfectly I'm for gonna, them on as, Friday night. As a neutral, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of Brentford this season. Yeah, they were. Not in three weeks, though, when they incredible. come to Villa Park, because then they suck. <laughs> yeah, but they were absolutely brilliant. Everything worked for them perfectly. Although even Tony didn't score, he still played incredibly well. Yeah. Sergi they, Canyos they gave him out of the match goal. I didn't think he was man of the match I thought Mbwema did a bit more he could M- terrorise them more yeah either Mbwema or Sergi Canyos for me was man of the match Canyos that's the number one Liverpool lost out on yeah um, no complaints about them absolutely incredible and I think it was that having the first game at their new stadium fans there well, not the first game, but first one with a full capacity. First one with full capacity, and it was just amazing. Yeah, it... 17,000 was made to feel loud. Yeah, and then at full time, when you could hear all them fans singing, I got literal goosebumps like their arms and my hair was standing up. It was just Little bit of brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
it was just incredible scenes and then you saw Thomas Frank just la- la- uh, lauding in the applause it's Thomas and... Frank I love him the guy's going to be an absolute <laughs> character this scene <laughs> yeah absolutely brilliant scenes from Brentford and long may it continue in the Premier League yeah uh, should we go back to the top end of the table then because relatively straightforward for Chelsea Liverpool wasn't it Yep, both sides winning 3-0. Chelsea beating Crystal Palace 3-0 thanks to Marcus Alonso, Christian Pulisic and a first ever goal for Trevor Shalaber. Yeah, what a way that guy is that. Yeah. Makes his debut in the Super Cup and then scores a 25-year-old screamer in yeah. his home debut. Just, it's just proof that that Chelsea loan system has talent in it. But so many times they've just, just, yeah, so many times just seen them not get used, and now they're used. Oh, look, they're decent. Yeah, and like you said, it rounds off an incredible week. The celebration summed it up. Yeah, just something I'd do that. And yeah, Chelsea as well on the day, just a, a lot uh, much better than Patrick Vieira's side. Really didn't offer anything. Maybe Chelsea's a shame they haven't got a big number nine to add to it. For the sake of Chelsea fans, they've got to hope he doesn't get the number nine. <laughs> We're saying for the sake of Chelsea fans, but look who they're playing next. Arsenal fans, just get ready. <laughs> Bear, I mean, if, they got, ready. if they got destroyed by Brentford playing like that, and Chelsea easily beat Crystal Palace without Lukaku, Jesus Christ, it's going to be a long old game this weekend for them. Yeah. And with Liverpool, it was just easy. Pretty close yeah. ball. Norwich didn't have a lot to trouble them with. No, I mean, Pookie offered nothing. That's why he went off uh, after 77 minutes. No one else really offered anything. I mean, Todd Cantwell looked okay. Um, I would say, though, their standout player was uh, Pierre-Lise Melou, their midfielder. Um, I think he was probably their best player in a poor squad. And like we said in the preview and predictions, it's going to be a long season for Norwich. Yeah, and I guess there's well only one of the picture we can go really talk about, and that's my lot, my shambles of a t- <laughs> first game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was that first half was abysmal. I mean, Ismail Assar just had your number. That target was murdered. But uh, I think. It was just painful, <laughs> painful to watch. No oh. wonder Jacob Ramsey came on at half time. Yeah, but when I saw that, I was like, "Oh God, this isn't." Our midfield's dead. <laughs> Our midfield yeah. is a little bit dead. We are a, a top defensive midfielder away from having a decent team. Yeah, I have to agree. And because uh, this weekend proved it for us, we could sign all of the attackers we want, but like West Ham have. Bryce and Suchik. Even Everton have Alan and Decora. Mm. We've got McGinn in the camper. McGinn's yes. good, just not for that. And marvellous the camper is. Marvellous by name, not by nature. You could say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Positives from Watford's side. Obviously, we said Ismail Asal was absolutely incredible. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis as well scoring on his debut I think he had another few chances as well where he could have put Watford further ahead um, but them two look like they could be a very 
lively duo going forward for I just can't about that going one in Wissar and Saar it's going to be incredible if Watford managed to keep hold of him uh, in January as well he's still a Watford player how no one's gone before like we always saw him linked with Liverpool Mm. Liverpool would love someone like like that 100% agree and the only sad thing was we didn't have Ben Foster in goal for goal throwing the goal I I can't watch back that bit (laughs) (laughs) um Aston Villa got two goals from uh, John McGinn and Danny Ings, but they, the game was over and done by. It was, but McGinn's goal was an early goal than the contender. Yeah, oh, I think they had some really good goals this weekend. If we tell if it's going by Leon Bailey, he's going to add some sauce to this team. I'm going to enjoy this good. <laughs> yeah, um, the penalty though. What was the Watford player thinking for that? I turned off at this point. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> I couldn't. I, mean, I saw nothing of it. So Messina brings down. Um, I can't think who it was now. Who did he bring down? Traore, and there was just no need to do it. Like he just stuck out his leg and was like, "Ah, oh, you know what? This I'll just give them a penalty." Just yeah. It just made no sense whatsoever. And Ink slots it away for his first goal in claret and blue colours. Yeah. Let's go for the results now. <laughs> yeah, uh, the rest of the Premier League this weekend saw Brighton and Hove Albion beat Burnley 2 1. Good start for the season for Graham Potter's side. Rafa Benitez got off to the perfect start as manager of Everton, beating Southampton 3 1 with Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, and Decore scoring the goals. There's something I can add on that as well. He seemed to be well supported. Yeah. As only the second ever manager to manage both Liverpool and Everton. It's a good thing, and they were very good against the Southampton side that, yeah, potentially could be a long one. Yeah. Uh, Leicester City got the butter of Wolverhampton Wanderers thanks to a Jamie Vardy uh, goal with a lovely flick and I even better celebration. Absolute <laughs> shit ass. Yes. Literally, when he comes to Villa Park, his next celebration is going to be a liar. <laughs> He's just going to. <laughs> or he just reveals the shirt with Jack Grealish's face on it. <laughs> uh, and the other game that took place on uh, Sunday saw West Ham come from behind to beat Newcastle United 4 2, uh, which was a dreadful second half from Newcastle. I was going to say, they looked so good in the first. And then I don't know what Steve Bruce said to him at half time, but it just didn't work. The, the fantastic Steve Bruce half time team talks that we're very used to. <laughs> yes. Um, so at the end of that opening weekend, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and West Ham occupy the top four. Oh, and the bottom the table, three. Does it matter? <laughs> does it really matter at this stage? Just because Man United are top, that's why I know I that's the only reason. It. And the bottom three sees Leeds United, Norwich City, and Crystal Palace. Right. Onto the championship now. And I was fortunate enough to go to a game this weekend. As, yes, as West Bromwich Albion hosted Luton Town at the Hawthorns. And whilst the weather wasn't the best, it was, oh, what a, it was a nice feeling to be back at a football stadium. Even if Although, it was the Hawthorns. Yeah, honestly. I mean,. Obviously, West Brom's not really known for its atmosphere or full capacity, but it was near enough full. And genuinely, it was. It, I got shivers down my spine with 
the loudness of the Bromby Road, which is where I was at. The Smethwick end as well, great uh, support, and it was an incredible game. And um, did take it to, to chant shit on the villa? No, I don't think they chanted it at all. I called BS on that one. <laughs> no, it was a lot of um, chanting about uh, Valerian Ishmael, and uh, there was a new chant about Bob Taylor. Not Bob Taylor. Tony Bob Brown. Taylor. <laughs> Tony, Tony Brown and Cyril Regis as well. Um, they got off to the perfect start, scoring after five minutes through an own goal through uh, Cal Naismith, um, who flicked the ball into his own net. 2 0 up just before half time, Callum Robinson getting on the goal. And then uh, early on in the second half, there was a head injury to Jordan Clark after he got knocked out by. Sam Johnson who came charging for a ball and was down for 16 minutes and uh, it looked very serious it was the complete opposite end to where I was sat so I didn't have the best of views of it it was uh, towards the Luton fans end because have you technically confirmed yet that you're a Luton fan sitting in the home end (laughs) this one it's only because my dad and brother support West Brom so that's why I was in the West Brom end for that one yeah, but let's be honest, if they get that last minute equaliser, oh, you're yeah. losing your shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I said to my dad, if Leeds equalised, I probably would have celebrated. Yep. Yeah. I, said I did try to look for you in the highlights, but yeah, I can't, I can't see you. Mm, I, didn't, I haven't had a look at any highlights. Couldn't um, make it out as that one guy just not celebrating. And <laughs> oh, no, I did. I, I made sure it didn't look like I was an obvious leader, and I did get Just a light I, clap. I did, yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't go full passionate. Um, Good news, though, about Jordan Clark, who, as we said, got uh, stretched off for a head injury. He has been released and was conscious uh, when he left the field of play. And, yeah, after that, Luton Town just turned up another gear and got back into the game, first through Harry Cornick scoring in 70th minute and then Pelly Ruddock pulling one back in stoppage time. And that last half an hour or so, Luton definitely looked the better of the two sides. I mean... One thing I heard a lot of West Brom fans say uh, was when they brought on Kenneth Zahor, why on earth did they bring him on? Because he was I, I, useless. I watched the game in Sport last week and I saw him because I was like, he still plays for West Brom. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I don't. amazing. I think he won the possession twice for them and I don't think he won a single header. He yeah, was... you, you need to probably get rid of him. Was at Millwall yeah. last season? Or the uh, season before, because I think yeah, this is his second it's not season. Your with backup option that you need. No, and he just looks overweight. Like it's not a good sign for him. But yeah, um, positives for West Brom going forward looked very good and clinical. Obviously, Luton aren't the team to really take you picking against us. This is, I think, their third full season in the Championship. But Luton can definitely take positives out of it. They looked very good that last half an hour and is in stoppage time. We're basically we're accepting Luton Town as the official club of the <laughs> the Upper Crossbar podcast. Yes, yeah. they are our club we, of the season. I don't feel like it's it's the time yet to go fully through a championship. It's no. so early, and you know, it's the old cliche: it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I've yeah. just pulled the table up. This is already baffling for the start of the season, but it sums it up perfectly. Not a single team has won both games. <laughs> yeah. And only two teams don't have a point yet, and that's Nottingham Forest and Preston North End. 
everyone else has got one point at least. Um, I mean, it's a very crazy start of the season. It's quite uh, an open championship this year, really. Yeah, I don't think you can say there's a clear favourite. I've got one thing that I think will be. I don't know who else could join. Yeah, um, there'll be more games. Match week three starts tomorrow. Let's do it now. Who is the promoted to the the top two? Obviously, can never predict the playoffs. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say Bournemouth and Fulham will be the top two. I'm going to say West Brom. I look at your style, then I just go, yeah, that's. Similar to what you had last year, you could do pretty decent. I also want to back Fulham. Okay. Um, well, if there was something like well, last week, we could add it this week and watch the. I think it's the first Fulham goal <laughs> against mm. Huddersfield. It's oh, fantastic! <laughs> the beautiful game at its best. <laughs> Right, on to the European action now, and the Bundesliga returned this week. Bayern Munich managed to only uh, salvage a draw against Borussia Mönchengladbach with Robert Lewandowski scoring again. And by again, I mean he's continuing on his great form from last season, and not been the best of starts to life at Bayern Munich for Julian Nagelsmann, has it? No, we were spoke about the poor pre-season, not winning a single game, and yeah, they were behind in this one. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in the Bundesliga this weekend, Borussia Dortmund won 5-2 against Eintracht Frankfurt. Erling Haaland scoring two and getting three assists. So. So just two goals of three assists. He's a £150 million player. He should be getting five assists <laughs> and a hat-trick. Yep. Uh, Leipzig lost to Mainz 1-0. Uh, only goal coming in the 12th minute for Moussa Niakate. Um, and Schuch got one five one against SPVG uh, Grutefurf I think it's called they are called so Grutefurf yeah yes good start to the season for them because yeah, I'll be watching a lot more of the Bundesliga now that they're on score yes uh, do you know what I adore as well their match graphics yes I did you say the, the goal graphics they're beautiful yeah the, I think their whole graphics were really nice this weekend, so good. They know what they're doing with the graphics. Yes. This weekend also saw the return of La Liga as well. Uh, Real Madrid got off to the perfect start, beating Alaves 4-1. Vinicius Jr., Karen Benzema, Nacho Fernandez, and Karen Benzema scoring the goals. So straightforward. Good start for Carlo Ancelotti. I saw. I saw the Eden Hazard assist as well. Or oh, that turned back the years, didn't it? Yes. Uh, Atletico Madrid beat Salta Vigo 2-1 with Angel Correa scoring both the goals for Diego Simeone's side as they look to Did you see they started 11 for that one? I haven't but I'm having a look at it now but it was, I saw the pick of it it had I can't remember who I think it was either Sal or Carrasco at left back I mean, the other one was that right but they were both playing as fullbacks uh, it was Sounaguez used as a fullback and Marcus Lorente because it, well, what they've got here. Yeah, on, Marcus Lorente as a striker <laughs> for some odd reason. Well, what they've got here on one football is they played th- three actual defenders, Kondogbia in front of them, and then four attacking players in Niguez, Lamar, Coke, and Lorente, and then two strikers in Carrasco and Correa. 
Yeah, it's with a lot of people because this image of Everard was the official Atletico Twitter tweet out. Mm. That's why it confused so many people. Like, wait a minute, why are they playing as fullbacks and why is Marcus Lorenzo now a striker all of a sudden? Who knows? And the Barcelona era without Lionel Messi got off to the perfect start, beating Real Sociedad 4 2 with Martin Brace. Wait. Scoring. So sorry, you have a go at me for the puns, and then you come in with that one. <laughs> sorry, I had to. As he scored two of Barcelona's four, and Gerard Piquet opened the scoring, and Sergio Roberto scored. The they had to be Piquet that opened it, really. Yeah, after what incredible news came out. Because to me as well, because I obviously saw a lot of tweets go, "Oh, look how empty Barca Stadium is now without him." But is there? I felt like that's a COVID thing. Yeah, uh, they had. They seemed way too split apart for it to be anything otherwise. Yeah, there was 20,000 there at the Camp Nou, but I do think it was COVID restrictions rather than... I don't expect it to be the full 80,000 that it will be. Yeah. But, you know, the hardcores will be back. Yes. Uh, Over in France as well, it was the second week of fixtures. Um few surprise results. Monaco lost 1-0 to FC Lorient. Lille got battered 4-0 by Nice. Yeah, that's Nice who I know managed by the guy who was the Lille manager. <laughs> yeah. Angers beat Lyon 3-0. And Burnley target Maxwell Cornet got sent off as well. PSG on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, they won 4-2. Business as usual. Without uh, two of their new signings, no, three of their new signings, should I say? In Donnarumma, Ramos, and Messi didn't play. Only Junior One Aldum did. Because they gave him a nice little presentation. Yes, still seemed weird seeing Ramos and Messi next to each other. That's like they haven't announced those two other ones they had on there, though. What the two in front of them? Yeah, <laughs> don't <laughs> worry, they'll be a part of their academy in a few days' time. <laughs> uh, yes. But only I just found it weird. I if I could just add on, I just found it weird that Messi got had the child, and yeah, the rest of them were just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, that is all of the leagues wrapped up. As the Italian league isn't back yet, and it's back this weekend. Ah, that explains why the the whoever it was that played into just cuddly. They went to the handshakes. They just saw Eddie Dzeko just standing in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, as he scored before he was officially announced as a... Yeah, I thought that was a league game, I didn't realise. It was absolutely uh, very strange. And they've also announced the signing of Denzel Dumfries from PSV, so good couple of signings there mm. at Inter Milan. Like, someone like Conte would have enjoyed playing with Denzel Dumfries. Yes. Um, elsewhere, though, they sign, um PSV not PSV sorry AS Roma have got Edin Dzeko's replacement sorted as Tammy Abraham is said to be officially confirmed as a player in the next few days after travelling through to Italy yesterday to undergo his medical arriving for I think it was 40 million euros uh, yeah a, it's a bad day. it's a lot and you know God deserves it yeah um Chelsea will do have a buyback clause in the contract which is 80 million euros and that won't come into effect until 2023 so well, let's be honest if Lukaku is anything to go by they're going to be paying that in 2025 oh they'll be paying 100 million for him by then 
So yeah. Uh, that is all the European leagues wrapped up. Uh, anything else before we head on to uh, predictions, Link? Nothing that I. Yeah, not really. I had one funny story that I'd seen for the MLS, but I then realised when I looked it up, it's quite a few days old. Oh, I don't know if it's relevant, but I don't know if you've seen the bit of the toddler getting on the pitch in the Cincinnati Orlando City game. Yes, I did actually see them come onto the pitch and then the mother have to jump over the hoarding stick. These pitch invaders get younger every day. <laughs> right, onto the predictions. Oh, it was just the funniest bit, was obviously where she gets on. She ends up slipping and two footing him. Yes. It's like, oh, that's, that's not necessary. <laughs> right, um. As we said on Friday, the new predictions league happens. So three points for a correct score, one point for the right team, wrong score. Um, after match week one, I got three points, you got two, but I do get an extra point for beating you in fantasy football this week. Yeah, less said about that. It was rigged. In fact, it's just completely where it gets. But what was your points in the end on that? Uh, I think I finished on 68 points for the week. No idea, I'm 58. So I got below the average. Sorry, you changed to 74 because this is the first time I've oh, seen it since the <laughs> added points. So, yeah. Uh, 54 of them points came from Mo Salah and Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes from the highest. I didn't captain him, so he only got 20. Yeah, I got 20 as him as vice captain. Salah got 34 as captain. With the assist and the goal. My bench did better than my whole defence. <laughs> That's uh, Aaron Cresswell's not staying on the bench next time. <laughs> Neither's Christoph Ayer for me. He got six points. Guess that. How did Luke Shaw get one point? I'm so annoyed. Bloody yellow car towards the end. Yeah, though I've just seen the person who had the top. They had 150 points and they triple captained Mo Salah. So he got 51 points. 20 from Fernandez, 16 from Pogba, 12 from Benrahma, 11 from Richarlison, 13 from Mikel Antonio, 12 from Ricardo Pereira, and 6 from Simicas and Trent. The only players in his team that didn't get double figures were Sanchez in goal and Luke Shaw. Obviously excluding Trent and Costa Simicas, but Jesus Christ, that's incredible. Um, other than that, that is the end of the first review show of the season and let's hope the Premier League continues to deliver like it did this past weekend and if it does we're in set for another exciting 38 37 game yeah, weeks but so I've just read something else on that this is hilarious what's it Barcelona's president Jean Laporte has come out with something and one of the statements he said do you know what he said uh, read it or read it it's, it's a, he said that Barca has a negative net worth of 451 million euros Yes. Uh, I have Jesus seen a cost. Yeah, I mean, he says our salaries represent 103% of the club's total income. That is 20 to 25% more than our competitors. And if Arsenal fans didn't want to feel kicked down anymore, Granny Jack has just signed a new contract. <laughs> yes. Oh, and also, Laporta said the first thing we did upon arriving at the club was to request an eighty million pound, uh, eighty million euro loan to cover the payroll and the company construction work. So yeah, yeah. You did a whole different podcast in itself to talk about that shit show. <laughs> Definitely. 
let's end it there right uh, we'll be back later on this week to preview the second game weekend in Premier League as we have some big games to look forward to in game week two so let's hope they all deliver and we obviously have the return of the Italian league this weekend and obviously the European leagues continue right and until then make sure you are subscribed to wherever you get your podcasts and download it as well and until later on this week it's goodbye from Brad see ya and it's goodbye from me we'll see you soon